Welcome to Key 3 Educators, helping you excel as a Christian school leader, educator, or homeschooler as you outfit students to learn themselves, love God, and live connected. Here's your host, Stephanie Smith. Today, we are going to pick up with part two of my interview with Reverend Daryl Jones, president of the Herzog Foundation. And if you haven't heard of the Herzog Foundation, you definitely want to check them out. We'll have information and links in the show notes, so make sure that you visit their website and you learn all of the phenomenal resources that they have. While you're online checking out their website, hop on over to key3educators.com and sign up for the Three Keys newsletter. Let me make you a promise here. You don't have time to read drivel and nonsense, and I don't have time to write it. The Three Keys newsletter shows up weekly in your inbox, and you have three items in there that can be of value and service to you. Every quarter, you'll have a special edition that will dive deeper into a subject matter. This is an email that's going to show up in your inbox that is there to serve you. All right, we're going to dive back in, and we're going to pick up with part two of the interview with Reverend Daryl Jones, president of the Herzog Foundation. One of the questions I have, and so this this might be a little bit tricky, is, you know, the definition of Christian has become very fluid in our culture, and unfortunately, but it doesn't mean what it meant mm-hmm. 30 years ago. So for schools who would define themselves as, as Christian, is there a criteria that they have to go through in order to participate with Herzog? Or is it taken more at face value? If you say you're a Christian school, then you can come and be a part of our programs. That's a great question and a very fair question. And as the board has deliberated on that, that very topic, they landed on the idea that if we really want to be a catalyst for a movement in Christian education, we really need to be big tent and if if one organization wants to say trespasses and another school says no not tre- it's debts it's not trespasses it's debts the herzog position would be you know what you all figure that out and you decide on that how can we help you uh develop donors how could we <laughs> how could we help you strategically plan uh, because honestly if you're if you're an independent christian school if you're a lutheran school if you're a Catholic school, if you're a Baptist school, our concern is we believe all of those are better options than the public option that is anti-Christian school. And so we've really not gotten into the weeds intentionally so that we can really seek to build a movement, honestly, to help across the country um, education options for families. So, But a very, it's a very fair question. Maybe they are interested, maybe they're just learning about Christian education, or maybe it's something that they have a real desire for. What are some of the hurdles that you see that are keeping people from moving from public education into Christian education? And and on this, one of the things, as, as I have um, come to know about Herzog and listen to the Making the Leap podcast and Read the Lion and those types of things, One of the things that I appreciate is you are building awareness of things that are really happening, but you're not cultivating this fear-mongering that everybody who's involved in in public education is out to 
um, endanger families and doesn't care about kids and they're all anti-God and that type of thing. Because right. I think that right. if we, we only can right. sustain our energy right. for so long, if all we are is against something else, and I think that Christian education can stand on its own, right. even if public education was absolutely phenomenal. So what are some of the things for those people who mm-hmm. maybe they have encountered or they've experienced Christian education or they just have this idea of it that I have to be anti-public education, my public school, if if I'm going to move to Christian right. education, what are some of the ways that they might be able to adjust their perspectives or to educate themselves? Or what are some of the hurdles that you see mm-hmm. that are keeping people from moving into Christian education? That's a, that's a great question. And honestly, it's probably one that I would have answered differently five years ago than I would answer today. Uh, five years ago, I would have told you that in you know in rural communities um, there, there's there, and even today there's a love for rural communities because this is the school I grew up in and we are the you know we're the bobcats and we're the fighting raging bobcats and we've and we're going to raise grandkids that are fighting raging but you know and and there's this culture in rural America that's beautiful I mean my wife and I graduated from the same high school that our daughters graduated from. I mean, we're, we were fighting, raging, you know. Uh, but I think, I think what you're finding, to, and I would have told you the biggest issue was, number one, was there a clear distinction, a clear differentiation between public school and Christian school. The second thing, and I think, I think five years ago, 10 years ago, the question would be, I don't know that there is. Uh, Today, I think there is. I think there are more uh, clearly drawn lines today than there were. Funding, finances is always an issue. But I think what's uh, what I'm finding interesting uh, more and more in 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 politics across the country, you're finding legislatures that are you know changing their state laws to make Christian education more affordable, private education as a valid option for uh, for families. I mean, you know, just earlier this week, uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders with sweeping reform in Arkansas law. And so I think you're finding legislators that are that are sensing the frustration of families that want more options for raising their kids and are looking at changing state education laws in order to make private funding uh, available for uh, even even for Christian schools, the Missouri Scholars Program that was enacted in July of 2022, for example, right here in the state of Missouri. I, I, I've spent my whole life in Missouri. I never dreamed that I would see a day where our law would change and there were actually, you know, state dollars and tax credits and savings accounts that could be created, um, you know, through through state legislature. Amazing, and you're seeing it across the country. So funding is an issue. But the the third I think obstacle is 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 as real as any of them, and that is if today I wanted to put my grandkids in Christian school, I likely cannot because they're full. I mean, Christian schools that literally has happened with our with our <laughs> grandchildren, and I'm the president of the Herzog Foundation. And I can't get my kids in a Christian. You got to be kidding me! And so. 
you know, the, the, the third, uh, <laughs> the third lane that we're operating in, and we've just rolled it out, uh, in a soft launch, but we're going to roll it out next week, actually, in Annapolis, Maryland, in a nationwide press release is what we call Schoolbox, HF Schoolbox, just like a Herzog Foundation, HF Schoolbox, all one word, dot com. It's an online portal that we've created to help families, churches, neighborhoods start a Christian school. If if I decided I wanted to start a Christian school in my community today, where do you start? What's the roadmap? What's the blueprint? Schoolbox is the blueprint. And the, the added benefit is in addition to lining out eight critical steps, what's your legal structure? You need to understand 501c3. All education law at K through 12 level is state directed. It's state determined. There are laws of every state as to how, you know, how you can start a school. Uh, and, and the laws are different. Probably the, the craziest one I've heard is in Massachusetts. You and I can start a Christian school in Massachusetts, but first the public school has to sign off oh on my. that it's wow. okay for us to start a Christian. So basically, you can start a Chick-fil-A <laughs> if you can get McDonald's to sign off on it. What? Is this real? And that's that's the real state law in Massachusetts. So Schoolbox was created to be state-specific, but to walk you through all of the necessary components that a school launch team needs to walk through and address and figure out. But we think the secret sauce of Schoolbox is in addition to laying out the, the, the roadmap that's complete with narrative as well as video content, what we'll do is once you tell us exactly what kind of school you want, for example, in 2023, it could be a five-day-a-week K through 12th grade, but it could also be a three-day-a-week. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we take our kids to the school or to the church, and on Tuesday, Thursday, we homeschool as we work together with the, the, these hybrid schools. Micro schools are starting all over the country, which is basically a one-room schoolhouse. Our cul-de-sac wants a Christian school, and so it's almost like Little House on the Prairie, where we have a dozen kids, all of varying ages, but there are curriculums available to make that happen. Schoolbox will do that. And so once you know, once you and I tell the Herzog Foundation Schoolbox what it is, what kind of school we want, then the Herzog Foundation will find someone in our nationwide network of schools, we'll find someone who's leading that exact kind of school, and we'll pay that leader to ride shotgun with your launch team and video counsel you a couple of hours through every single step because all we care about is we need more Christian schools because families can't get their grandkids into those Christian schools. So Schoolbox is our third lane and our uh, our most recent initiative to help with that very question, Stephanie. What are the what are the 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 snags in people putting their kids in Christian school? I love the idea and that you've really brought out that school does not have to look like probably what most of us experienced. It does not have to be this off-site location where you have buses running and picking kids up at 6.30 in the morning or 7, right, and dropping them off at 3.30 or 4 in the afternoon. There are a lot right. of different models, and the 
the results of education that because some of these models, even though they've been under the radar, they've been around for a while. They're they're proven. And so part of this is just changing the mindset so that we can say, what's the whole purpose of education and how do kids get educated today? And especially with the change in technology, you no longer need to have the whole set, you know, shelf of Encyclopedia Britannica like like you did. Right. Right. It's true. Right. (laughs) Um, I just want to encourage people and anything that you want to add into this, that people who may think, well, I could never be a part of starting a school because this isn't just about parents who have kids that are school age. This is a wonderful opportunity for people who have retired or people whose children have grown to contribute back into building the kingdom, Mm -hmm. to building the upcoming generations, to give them quality education. So this isn't just, well, if you have an education degree and you've been a a school administrator before, you're not the only person qualified to, to launch into one of these. So can you share maybe some stories of, of some successful that's correct. Um, situations that you've seen that that just weren't necessarily like the traditional model, but you're seeing great results from that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we have testimonies of folks that are going through school box and what has propelled them. It was their frustration that propelled them. Let me, let me, you know, so I was a 35-year pastor before stepping into this role. So give me a little bit of grace here to to divert for just a moment. The reason that David fought Goliath successfully was because of David's frustration that no one was doing something about this large man who's making these kinds of claims about our God. David was not the most talented, gifted, equipped, trained soldier to fight the giant. He was just willing, right? And and, and when God called him to it, history records, he was successful. And I, I think that I, I think that as as moms and dads and grandparents and former educators or, or or folks who've never educated before begin to rise up and step out and say, I'm frustrated with this. Something has to be done. We're going to at least within our grasp, within our reach, we're going to do something here. We're finding success across the country. And typically the Christian schools that are standing today with long histories uh, of, of, of successfully raising disciples who are, uh, who are, who are educationally and academically sound, uh, getting scholarships into significant institutions. Every one of those longstanding Christian schools started with someone who said, we're going to do this. And as God began bringing other people around them, they did it and they just walked in faithfulness. And, um, and that, you know, that's, that's how it's done. And and how it will continue to be done is when parents and grandparents and, and folks in a community say, you know what, someone's got to do something. I'm going to do the best that I can. But when you're talking about Christian education, you're really talking about an endeavor that's not just your passion. Exactly. When God calls you to it, he's in it as well. Yes. Yeah. And and he always he always wins, right? Uh so we're hearing good good stories like that. One of the things I want to go back to, if I can for just a moment. You spoke early on about wanting to make sure that it was both Christian and school. So we're not talking here about just creating little mini churches that kids go to throughout the week. We're talking about a strong, rigorous academic education 
that prepares them for life. And so some so the trainings that you're that you are doing, these aren't just about how to get started, but also how to make sure that you have a strong organization. Because if I think just history has shown us that from a legislative standpoint, one of the reasons that Christian schools and even homeschooling has been able to experience a lot of its freedoms is because of the academic output that that has occurred. And so um, is there anything specifically as you are working with school leaders that you that you are able to focus on to make sure that we're not just creating like this little mini church, but we're creating an educational institution? Yeah, great, great question. A, a lot of times what we focus on, you know, we're not an accrediting agency. We, we think we can, we think we can, uh, you know, we've really tried to identify those areas where nobody else is, it, it, what no one else is doing to help Christian schools all across the country. But the reality is within that space, there really are some great agencies and great organizations that help you with that very, uh, that very, that very line of thought uh, that is completely in sync with your theological tradition, right? So whether that's Baptist schools, Lutheran schools, uh, uh, independent schools, there really are accrediting agencies that that really is their forte. In fact, they're not so much focused on donor development instruction and strategic planning instruction. They're really focused on a biblical worldview consistent with their theological tradition. So we encourage uh, schools to look for those accrediting agencies that are, that, that are a part of, of who you are. In fact, with Schoolbox specifically, when, when people come to us um, as a referral from one of the accrediting agencies, then we, we go to the accrediting agency even in finding the mentor because what we would love is once that school launches, that school connects with that accrediting agency that's able to walk with them as the school continues to operate uh, in a way that in a way that the Herzog Foundation has not identified that as a as an area that we need to step into. Uh, there are organizations already doing that. Yeah, I, I love that you've you've clearly identified your lane, and I really appreciated the fact that you spent six months listening. Right. Just having that attitude and that mindset, not that, hey, Mm -hmm. we know it all, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to come into this and just listen and learn. And I think that that shows a an attitude of humility and uh, a servant's heart to really be able to serve Mm -hmm. Christian schools and and Christian education. Um, Is there anything I know that on the uh, the Making the Late podcast that there have been some episodes that have talked about homeschooling. So is there anything specifically in terms of Christian homeschooling that the Herzog Foundation is involved in or looking to be involved in something in the development in the future? Anything in that arena? That's a uh, Stephanie. I love this conversation. I love this conversation. The answer would be yes. Now, let me let me let me clarify that. Yes. So there are so many resources available to families in 2023 for homeschool that you can do an Internet search and you can find everything from expensive curriculum for expensive homeschooling to very inexpensive, high quality. It's all right there on the Internet. Having said that, where we really want to come in 
is to encourage the support of individual homeschool families by helping churches or neighborhoods create homeschool cooperatives where these co-ops can take individual students and families and begin to help strengthen them together. I, I, I'm, I'm, an old, uh, I'm an old youth pastor. I was a youth pastor for 11 years full-time, and I'm an old Boy Scout. And so as a result of that, here's, here's what I learned. If you go to a campfire and you take one of those orange embers and you pull it off by itself, in relatively short order, it will die out and it will grow cold. But if you'll take that cold, dark ember and move it back into the, the orange embers, it will glow once more. And there's something about Jesus never sent disciples out individually. He sent them in twos. The, the body of Christ, the called out ones, the church is that body. And there's something about even, you know, the homeschooling process that can become quite daunting, even in the, even in the face of, of spiritual warfare, that honestly, the co-op can be such a source of support for other families that are, that are, that are walking through the same journey uh, that your family is. So one of the things that we really try to focus on, even with Schoolbox, is forming those homeschool cooperatives. We've had great relationships with a, with national and and state homeschool agencies in walking with them. We're having opportunity to present uh, who we are to the Virginia uh, Homeschool Association in the next couple of weeks and other state agencies that have invited us to come share. How can co-ops be started? And again, uh, Schoolbox is a great, a great uh, platform uh, to enable that to happen as well. So a, a lot of our focus on homeschool families would not be curriculum centric, but would be far more, how can we help provide a support group uh, for you um, to be able to do, whether it's, you know, talking, you know, when I talk to clergy, if there are pastors who say, we just don't know that we're ready to bite off an education ministry of a school in our church. We don't know that we're ready to bite that off, but you know what, what you could do is really begin to support those homeschool families that are, that are going it alone and create there in the church a homeschool co-op to allow them to have the support they need to continue to to live according to their passion and, and conviction. So you obviously you, you mentioned that you were a pastor there for for thirty five years before you walked away from that to to be the president of the Herzog Foundation. So are you seeing pastors more pastors wanting to facilitate Christian education in their community? And what are some of the challenges that they are facing. I'm not a pastor. I've never been a pastor, but I would imagine that they can end up kind of feeling like they're in a, in a tough spot of how do we stay engaged in our community and to be present in our community. And everybody in the church isn't always going to be a support of homeschooling or Christian education. So what would you say to other pastors who might be listening to just give them some encouragement and speak directly to the challenges that they might be facing? Right. Having uh, been in that role of leading a, a, a really wonderful congregation, it was, uh, it was very healthy uh, numerically. It was healthy financially. It was healthy, I, I, I believe, spiritually. We stuck with the word. You know, we preached the book. Um, 
but but had a number of public school teachers as well as Christian school teachers that were in the congregation. And you know what? I'll be honest with you. I, I think I think that lines are so clearly being drawn in 2023, both politically as well as educationally, that that Christians uh, really need to look at what we're doing and how can we be more effective. And I would say to pastors that if you're if if you have been serious about student ministry in your church, you've had you've had a children's ministry program for the weekends and 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 midweek. You've had uh, youth ministries for you know the weekends and midweek. Maybe it's 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 not. Um, a bad idea to consider an education ministry because, you know, it, I, I think for me personally, it was one thing when, when American culture and church culture are not on top of each other, but you know what, we're going in the same direction. Then I think, I think you can do some things in ministry for students that this is, this is, this works, this is good. But I think at the point that, that, that biblical values and American culture are colliding, I think you've got to look at, but we're continuing to do student ministry as though the culture is going the same direction we are. And, you know, for, in youth ministry, we had, we had a one hour Sunday school class every Sunday morning. We had a two hour Wednesday night event. We had a two hour Saturday, just bonding, networking, family building, team building event. That's five hours a week that we did and that was our student ministries and it was good but that was 30 years ago in 2023 if i were in the pulpit and leading a congregation i would seriously consider an education ministry where 3 to 5 days a week we're looking at how we can help our parents raise and educate their children in an environment that embraces their christian faith it's it's just a new day and I would encourage pastors to do that. And you know what? I think you can do that while while also recognizing, hey, we have public school teachers in our congregation and we have folks, we have families that are in the public school district. I mean, if you can walk and chew gum at the same time, I think I think you can do this. It doesn't have to be one or the other. It's a matter of this is the culture we live in. But what can we as a congregation do? What can I as a pastor do to help? families in my congregation that are frustrated with the public option have a, an option that embraces their faith. Well, again, I, I love the idea there is to, um, I think, if I'm, if I'm hearing correctly, to really support things so much from a local level for people that have the investment in their own community and their own church. So this isn't like a top-down, we're going to come in and tell you how to do everything. Mm-hmm. We're going to come alongside mm-hmm. you and help you to be a success mm-hmm. in what you're wanting to do right. in your local area. So I really value and appreciate that. So anything else that you just want to leave our, our listeners with, we will put contact information and information about these different programs in the show notes. So listeners can definitely find that there, but anything else that you just want to make sure that that listeners know about today. That's very kind of you. I would say HerzogFoundation.com is continually being updated with the latest things that we're rolling out. Uh, you know, I've, I've listed the three big lanes that we're in. In fact, uh, Sadie Elliott is our training director and does a fantastic job of coordinating and executing on all of our trainings. And she would be a great interview for you uh, as well to go into even more detail on each of these 
uh, topics that that we have trainings for for heads of school. But I would say HerzogFoundation.com would be the 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 over encompassing umbrella website where you can find all that we're doing. But I would say on a spiritual level, look, Christ is still on the throne. All is well. He has a plan for my life. He has a plan for your life. All of us who who have asked him to come, we gave him our life. He took it seriously. He's not done. Don't let the sound of Goliath or the culture cause you to cower in the corner. Christ is still on the throne. He has an eternal plan for each one of us. All is well. Let's get to work. Hasn't this been fantastic information? Don't you love hearing the enthusiasm in Daryl Jones's voice when he talks about Herzog, its mission, and how they are equipping and empowering Christian educators all around the United States? There will be links in the show notes. Make certain to check out all the resources they have when you visit their website, HerzogFoundation.com. Make certain to share the information with your colleagues and other school leaders. And I would love to hear from you. If you are aware of an organization, a teacher, an administrator, or someone else involved in Christian education that you would like other schools to know about, send me an email and pass that information on. If you have a program or a resource or a topic that you also are passionate about that can be of value to other Christian educators, send me an email and give me that information as well. I'm always looking to create connections between people and organizations who are committed to the same mutual goal of helping raise upcoming generations with academic excellence and with a strong faith in Jesus Christ. If you haven't already, make sure to hit that subscribe button. And if you leave a rating and a review, especially in a review, that really helps other people to find this resource. If you haven't already signed up for the Three Keys newsletter, you can do that at key3educators.com. You'll get a brief email every week that gives you three items that can help you achieve your mission. And once a quarter, I'll have a special edition that dives deeper into a significant topic. You don't have time to read nonsense and I don't have time to write it. So you can check that out as well as speaking engagements at p3educators.com. Thank you so much for being with me today and make certain to check out the Herzog Foundation because they have tremendous resources to be able to help you achieve your mission. All right, my friend, remember this on the good days and on the bad. When things go well and when everything falls apart, you have an impact that is immeasurable, eternal, and irreplaceable. Thank you for being with us today. For information on speaking engagements and resources for your school or family, visit the website key3educators.com. Remember, learn yourself, love God, and live connected.